0: Go Loud Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new, exclusive, and
1: unmissable content only on Sky. Go, loud! go, loud! go loud! Okay, okay. Are we rolling? Here we go. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah. <clears throat> Are you all right? I'm just doing my vocal warm ups. Is that what that was? Oh yeah, gets the mouth moving. I thought you were it gets having the a sound job. out. <laughs> do you when you were perf- when you're performing, Simon? Do you have uh, little stretches that you do of the vocal cords <laughs> or any other part of you? Oh,
2: that's, you know, I've been interviewed by some of the greatest interviewers in the world. But that's probably the stupidest question
1: I've ever been asked. Do you have stretches before you go on? I have seen inside the actor's studio.
2: Yeah, that's a yeah, very. Yeah. A no. pertinent question for an actor. Uh, I don't tend to, no, uh, I, I wasn't formally trained as an actor, not that you could ever guess. <laughs> um, you're laughing Let's get on with the show. Let's do it.
1: Right, welcome to Go Loud Selects. This podcast is brought to you by Sky. It is indeed. And don't forget,
2: Aiden, Go Loud Selects is a Go Loud original. Oh, yes. I, I did. say don't forget because you've forgotten forget. it twice. We've done two episodes, and you've forgotten it twice. Well, thankfully, I have you to remind me. Yes, you do. I am never going to leave your side, dear boy. Dear God. And it's only episode two. That's a prospect
1: <laughs> to relish. What's going on, pal? Hey, our first recommendation this week is a brand new show. Ooh, straight uh, in
2: no messing. Uh, that is heading for
1: Skymax and now. And you like this, Simon. It turns yeah. the traditional manhunt on its head. It's called The Rising, and it's getting a novel twist because this was a show that existed in Belgium. Okay, so, so, so it's a remake. A, yeah, it's a or remake of television, well, we should say. It's adapted from this Belgian supernatural crime thriller called Hotel Beau Sejour. Very good, yeah. Does does that pass the test? Um, It's the first project to be made entirely in-house at Sky Studios. Ah, So that's an interesting sign of the direction they're headed. It's a a gripping plot, and there's a totally unique way of finding out who is responsible for a moida.
2: But it's the person who's been murdered who's actually doing the investigating. That's the interesting bit. Now, that's a twist and a half. I've seen the the ads on TV, and this looks, looks like one of those really... High polished, beautifully shot, tense crime dramas, and this is a twist that we haven't seen before. We there's nothing about it, me. Not not in the sense that the person who's investigating. Is murder.
0: murder?
2: <laughs> there you go Let's pitch that one to Sky too. Let's rewrite so I've the got blog no idea where the and show, the billing right? for the There's show The <laughs> is more than right but she investigates her own more than anyways and, and we want to do eight episodes It's called Why am I brown bread Oh well, by the way it was Belgian <laughs> It looks the business this thing I have It, to say. it it's really eight does part, isn't it?
1: Eight part murder mystery the the main character is <clears> Neve <throat> Kelly And she emerges from the waters of a lake, returns home. She finds out that she's been reported missing. Then, in the ultimate plot twist, she realises she's dead and has to help solve her
2: own death. I love this tagline. Of course, the police and her loved ones are looking for the same answers at the same time. But Nev can fill the gaps for the viewers on all the details about her recently ended life that could lead... To the unmasking of the culprits,
1: and what is her real name? Is
2: it Neve or Nev? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out. That's on Sky Max and now TV. Yeah, and it looks really, really good. So I'm excited to watch that. Uh, do you know the way last week Sky, the lovely people of Sky recommended that we watch Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off? It's still streaming now on Sky. In case you haven't seen it, well, I went and did that because I'm oh, very you're such obedient. A good boy. I am very teacher. Obedient. I did my homework I went and watched it and. Uh, it's a cracking watch. It's a feature doc. Uh, it's called When the Wheels Come Off and it, it does what every good documentary fall should off, do. Fall off. Same principle. What did I say? Come off. I didn't realise we were in, it's leaving certain English. Are we? Sorry, Mr. Marr. Let me correct myself. <clears throat> Mr. Marr was my English teacher, Toby Marr, by the way. Toby Marr? Yeah. Is he a skinny fella? He was, yeah, yeah. He also started the table tennis club in our school. You had a table tennis club? We did. We also had a golf society, which I started. I started the golf society in Chanel College in Kulak Kulak <laughs> Chanel College in Kulak which yeah. sounds very fancy it does yeah But played it's not, table tennis yeah but we also had a golfing society we also played cricket Ooh. I know yeah but we started go- Garrison I, sports that's I started a golfing society in the school for the main reason thus right <laughs> it meant that you could enter school competitions well most school competitions were played on school days so you got a day off to play golf you, wow We got a day off To play golf We never won a match We played in the Pepsi Shield All these very different about the, Against these very posh schools uh, Who turn up in uniforms Like the Ryder Cup But we used to arrive In like our track suits And runners And we were now Bring a caddy So I brought my best We brought my best mate Paddy You got a day off school And I'll never forget In the Island Golf Club Playing in the Pepsi Shield Against Fox, Ronk, well, Some, some oh. private school <clears throat> And we were getting battered <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> battered And I do remember one point Looking down the, Back down the fairway of a par five, I'd hit about four shots up, Paddy was my caddy. I turned round and Paddy was sitting in the middle of the fairway where he had a tough wear box of samples and he stopped for his lunch. I said, Paddy, what do you do? We're not in school, but it's lunchtime, he said. I heard the bell in my head. We're on a Jesus golf course, Paddy. Anyway, we didn't win. Paddy the God Caddy decided, got how hungry. How did we get
1: to that? So hang on. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back <laughs> yeah, on. How the hell did we get <laughs> we get back to Tony Hawk in a second. Oh yeah, Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Hold on oh, to your skateboard. Uh, yeah, hold on to your skateboard there, Tony. So mm. you were like the...
2: The cool runnings of golf. No, oh, we weren't. Every, uh, with all the posh kids who One looked thing down I was at you. never accused of being in school, was cool. <laughs> 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 Running, yes, in the opposite direction. No, I love school. When and I Did went you all in. own your own clubs? That, like, each... Oh, yeah. I mean, meowth, he played golf, so we used his, like, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. well, we didn't all use my dance clubs. We had our own sets each. Like, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, we, we even had our own balls. Oh, <laughs> Lord. How did I get stolen Hall, on, on them? <laughs> property of Deer Park Hotel and Golf Club. All right, but we'll talk about table tennis. Maybe anyway, another Tony time. Hawk the 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 you watched taught me things about him. Okay, such so as well he was a loner. He was a big loner. Uh, he felt very awkward as a child. He never fit into any kind of group. Yeah. He found skateboarding and even when he was when he did that, he wasn't light within the fraternity. Okay. Growing up as a young kid in in California, there were certain skate parks that he had his home skate park, and you know he found battles all the time with the fellas who were at the top of the time didn't like him, and then he kept winning, but he only won at his home park, and the, the the talk was well if you don't win it away from your own place you're not really good, and basically the story takes off and he went and won. Everywhere. This guy was a genius. It's a great documentary. I fully recommend it. Well, people like that are fascinating who, like you say, can be
1: in a sense a loner, but they are the most driven, single minded individuals that, despite the obstacles socially, Mm. physically, talent wise, whatever they may Mm. be, they will just keep going in the pursuit of it. Like they're in that, I don't know, it's a rarefied club of people, and quite often they're on the fringes of the Paddy, he made
2: the caddy, he was having his lunch because it was lunchtime. He's often been compared to Tony Hawk, Paddy. Actually if you looked at Paddy, you'd say, Yeah, he's not unlike him. Where's Paddy now? Uh, I've no idea. Paddy no Paddy is still my best mate, like I've known him since I was in school, obviously. Okay. And uh, and what great uh
1: lengths and heights of achievement did he go on to oh, like Tony Hawk? He gave up smoking.
2: go on Paddy. Good man, Paddy. Uh, then he took it up again. <laughs>
1: How many quit again? Oh dear. Anyway,
2: so I did watch it and I
1: loved it. I recommend it. And I think one of the best things what you said there is you learned something. Well, that's the thing. You did not what a
2: documentary should do about a
1: sport and a great sports star. Yeah, yeah. Who's not in in to a lot of
2: people, is not as mainstream as your Michael Jordan. No, but you find out how and and why he was made the person that he was. You know, why he became the number one sportsman in the world for a while with his own PlayStation franchise, etc., etc. He had to win the respect of his family. He had to win the respect of friends. He had to win the respect of competitors. And he did all of that. How badly battered did he get from injuries? Well, injuries, it was more psychological because he just was not liked. Okay. He just could not find a group, a niche to fit into, even though he joined this fraternity of skateboarders. He wasn't light within us. He just, wa- and he was, like, the footage is incredible because you're watching him in competitions from when he's about, I don't know, 12 or 13, but watching him at the height of it, like eight, late ni- late 80s, early 90s, and he's going around America and he's winning every competition he goes in. He's about 17, 16, 17, 18. There's young ones on the scene. He's getting photograph wherever he's he goes. A celebrity. And then another guy came along with a competitor of his and he pulled this certain move. I think it's called a seven twenty. I could be wrong. But this certain move and and Tony Hogg said to him, I've got to learn that. Because if this guy just turns up and does that trick, he's going to finish top three. Mm. Just turn up and do that. You're in. So he it's that thing of He went off and he learned it and he practiced it and he did it and he got it. And then he pulled that out of the bag on top of the stuff that he was doing. So it got to the point where Tony Hoggs had turned up and he'd won if he just did his run, but then he got bored with that. and He said, no, I can't just keep turning up and doing this. I'm collecting big cardboard checks for three or $5,000. I'm hooping up money. He said, never about the money, all that kind of stuff. I wanted the respect of the fellas I was I was competing against. And then, you know, girls come on the scene and that was a distraction. And it's fascinating. And they've got great in- interviews around it in terms of the fellas he was skating against. And it's mad. As I was looking at them, and they're all older than me. You're going, <clears throat> yet they still look like skateboarding dudes. dudes they had the baseball caps but the hair is still coming out underneath the and they're the still skinny somehow mm, yeah, yeah. yeah do you know what I mean um, but they were all like kids like teenagers go and watch it you'd love it It sounds great yeah, yeah. it's great it is good really keen to see that
1: <laughs> alright um, did you have time to watch anything else this week
2: uh, I've got a couple of recommendations for you following on from uh, something you mentioned last week about the farting language stuff <laughs> the foreign language stuff. I've already be, been getting a slagging. People
1: go, "Oh, there's your man." Yeah, he does notions. Like the, uh, yeah, the black and white stuff. He. Loves. One of the main reasons I like the foreign language um, shows, dramas on, on on the various streaming services and on TV is the fact. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm an awful devil for playing with my phone and being distracted like a goldfish. It's I'm like it's a condition. Really. So what I find with these shows because you're watching you have to read the subtitles because I I'm, don't speak any other languages you have to put phone down. you have to watch the bloody thing and you have to concentrate <clears throat> and if there's an ad break then you can go and feed your little Instagram addiction or whatever you want oh, to do geez. so that's what I like about it you it's like going to the movies the I, can't, I can't be playing with my phone
2: no I I don't think I could sit through an episode of anything with you or a movie with you if I saw that screen light up really I so even if you're sitting at home Watching yourself In an old rerun Of an episode of Coronation Street Oh Christ Why would you be doing that Have I lost the remote control
1: Why would I be doing that Listen I I've heard you have an ego Simon I don't know how yeah, far it I extends. Yeah yeah I'll bring it with me next week <laughs> I know I'm only kidding So do you do not find The compulsion Or compelled to Go on your phone you I know, think it, When if, you've not if, been on it For I five minutes I think if minutes. you're
2: doing that You need to change what you're watching Because obviously It's not holding your, holding your ear Like Do you check your phone Watching Piggy Blinders no, there will see. there no, in the think they did. If you are checking your phone What you're watching, isn't holding your attention. No, true, but certainly that's not the sole reason I watch the farlands. I'm going to try and go a full episode and see if I can do it without banging the mic. I've already done it this week. I did it last week? But I remember it fell over. Okay, I've already done it. We could tie it up. I have it out of the way. Just got, yeah. the, got it out of the way. Well, that's but once. no, whatever you're watching, if you're if you're checking the phone, it's geek. It, China's well, it is account.
1: a good indication, yeah, that maybe you don't have your 100% dedication no. focused <clears> on the show. But <throat> anyway, the Foreign Language Show is yes. that. I'm being self-effacing. I am a stuck-up bastard. I love foreign language programmes for all yeah. the reasons well, you Well, I'm going to give you a foreign
2: language <laughs> programme. I think we've spoken with this before, um, but not on the show. Uh, one of the reasons I love <clears throat> uh, being a Sky customer, this isn't an ad, by the way. I lo- I, I've been a Sky customer for 20 years, since they first came here, is that, that through Sky, we have Sky Atlantic. <coughs> ah. Excuse me. And therefore, we get access to all of the great HBO, HBO stuff. Yeah. And let's be honest, HBO changed the landscape of television forever, up to this day, and will do, will continue to do so. They moved the bar, they broke the ground, whatever. And, and through Sky, we can get that, which is great. Mm. So you had shows like Sopranos, etc., etc., all that. But one of the ones that I loved most of all was a series called Gomorrah. Have you seen oh, this?
1: Do you know what for the for the entire time you and I worked together yeah. on Ireland AM, which was I don't know two two something years, every week. Have you watched Gamora? Yeah, power. Know, yeah, have yeah. you yeah. watched? No, and I always had some excuse not just to let me watch Jump
2: it. in there. Was that an impression of me? Um, that's just a generic. Uh, it sounded like I had something sticking out of my mouth <laughs> Was that me?
1: It was you. Yeah. Do yeah. that again, please. That was
2: quite a generous version of you. <laughs> power. <have> you watched, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do that. Like, I didn't realise. I, didn't realize I oh, sold I apples Gamora, on every yeah. street. Yeah. <laughs> fella, imagine talking like that. What a Jesus! I, I, I you haven't heard my impression of you. I'm not going to do it yet. Uh, uh, but Gamora I, I mentioned yeah. to you. A so times. I know you're a huge fan. So Gamora is uh, an Italian series. <clears throat> I've described it as kind of love hate with Italian accents. Right? It's it's set in the underbelly of the drugs world in Napoli, in Segnoneria with the Niji the what? The Niji, Niji, Niji. Oh no, oh.
1: Niji's not in it. Si.
2: There is a Niji. He's called Chiro, Chiro. Who else was in? Doesn't matter. Concentrate and look. Good looking fellow. Who look got at whacked? me. <clears throat> look at me now. Robert Shane. What was his character? I don't know. Uh, Roberto Saviano is the writer. He wrote a very. Uh, he wrote a book of the sound title years and years years ago and there was a movie made of the book and then the tv series came from the movie but he had to go into hiding when he wrote the book and he's still in hiding to this day because Camorra. it's about it's obviously mafia base it's about the comora which is the Cosa nostra um and he exposed a lot of truths in the book and the subsequent film and in the TV series, and to this day he's still living in hiding. Now he's written a lot more books, he's got a couple of new series, coming. his work is phenomenal. But on Netflix there's a documentary called Finding Roberto Saviano, okay. where a young filmmaker tracked him down, Now now Matthew couldn't find this guy. This guy found him, approached him and said, can I talk to you? So he brings him into his apartment, where he is still in hiding. And he talks about he interviews him about writing Gamora, about writing the book, about the TV series, and he's he's still he's still there's still a contract out on this guy's life. If you haven't seen it, I think there's five seasons. It's finished now. I think the fifth season just finished on Sky Atlantic. It's phenomenal. It's edge of the seat stuff. It's getting to, there's twists in it, there's turns in it. I absolutely adored it, and the cast. And everyone is stunningly beautiful in it. They're all the you know, the fellas who are the dealers, like going around on the little mopeds. They all look like they should be on the runway at Milan. <laughs> all, they all look like they play for Juventus. <laughs> You know the faded haircuts, the, the faded haircuts, the earrings, the, the jackets, the t-shirts. they one hand like on the on the on the scooters on going the down Vespa. the road. It's just with an espresso in the other. But one of the great things as well is the soundtrack. It's full of lots of uh, contemporary Italian R and B, and I haven't got a baldy what they're talking about, but the music and so much so that I've downloaded a Spotify playlist from Kamara. Wow. So even if you're looking for music recommendations, hit the Gamora playlist. Oh, you love it, man. So there's one for you. And you have five seasons to jump into. Okay, that's great. I do like
1: when um, television shows have an accompanying... Well, when they have a great soundtrack and then you can find the playlist oh, so easy fantastic. on Spotify or wherever. Fantastic. It, and you can enjoy all the tunes so of the show. So jump in
2: with that. Gamora.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm as intrigued about <clears throat> the, the guy, Roberto. Roberto Saviano. Saviano. Yeah, Saviano,
2: yeah, yeah. As to where... He is now, and is Absolutely. he still hiding? Well, go down. You can see that's a great thing about television that it can take you down that wormhole of find Look, it, it also brought me to his books. Mm. He's written some incredible uh, mafia-based uh, thrillers that are just. His body of work is is stunning. Yeah. Uh, he's one to watch. Not that you can find him because yeah. he's hiding somewhere. I'm just wondering as well, seeing as, because you mentioned love-hate and it was such an international hit. Well, I did, I did yeah, yeah, You did, sorry.
1: <laughs> so, this you this
2: know, is your me, fault. Dumb, I'm wondering about that
1: languages is. that it would have been, tra- I wonder was it ever translated into Italian? <laughs> Probably,
2: Probably better well, than I well, did. Love-hate. Yeah. <laughs> so that leads I'm me. I'm amazed you didn't get the phone call to dub in Asian, Italian with your accent. I'm at the hospital in the Oh my God. Sounds like you hit the wrong key in the keyboard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that leads me to a question that I want to yeah, ask you. Please do. Have you ever seen yourself in because you've been in lots of shows that have been, you know, internationally um, trans uh, what's the word? Transmitted? <laughs> yeah. Have you been dubbed into another language, Simon? Have I been dubbed? Yeah. Have question. you have you seen yourself being dubbed presume, um, into Portuguese or Japanese? Uh, I
2: don't know. I presume I will because Bachelor's Walk in Japanese. Oh, I'm not no, no, gonna, no, don't do Japanese accents. Um, I presume I have, because there's been lots of stuff that's, like, I do I do remember going to the Shanghai uh, International Film Festival with a movie. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we were there, with Zonad. Where I played an alcoholic, the an alcoholic uh, man in rehab who breaks out of a rehab fancy dress party. Rehab dresses an alien and goes, "It's that old chestnut." How that not been made before? <laughs> or it's, it's, but the movie it was, was in, the movie was in the Shanghai International <laughs> Film Festival, and we flew right the way across the world, myself and the director and producer and the leading actress Janice, and uh, and it was insane because we arrived in Shanghai and. This film festival is huge. It's an international film festival, and we were picked up in the airport. we like, we were treated like footballers. Like it was. Press conferences, incredible, and then the bizarre experience of sitting in a cinema with 800 people packed and watching Zonad with the Chinese subtitles <laughs> it was
1: insanity. And there's you on the big screen in a, a red latex TVC, jumpsuit, latex. Yeah, latex
2: skin tight, like a wedding cake. There was three tiers, like, yeah. Uh, the costume people said, like, because they don't make those suits for men, they only make them for women. So, let's, if it was a building, there'd be no ballroom, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't uh, pleasant. But there I was in, in Shanghai. No, it in the doesn't spring. sound pleasant at no. all, nor does the image that it conjures. So to conjures. answer your question, no, I wasn't dubbed, but I've seen myself subtitled in Chinese, okay. which is quite the experience. <laughs> quite the experience. I bet it is. I Maybe this can is. get dubbed in Chinese. God help us. Right, so oh. that's, so that's Gamari. You promised me you were going to watch that? Um,
1: <laughs> Before Christmas. Christ okay. do you know what and this is terrible do you know the more someone tells you to watch something and I know, I know. that's the very no, I, nature of this I podcast you're right though but yeah, the more yeah. you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's stuff going on almost and no that's not to criticise anyone but it's also the it. joy of finding the show yourself but it makes, it makes it almost feel like it could be a chore
2: but I know yeah, but I'll I, watch ten
1: minutes and I'll be straight on the phone you, going, Why did I wait right, this long? Yeah.
2: And also I love that thing I recommend it to somebody because then I love when someone comes back and goes, Jesus, I watched that. It's unbelievably yeah, good. And you can be like, oh, Which yes, is why we're here. Chef's right? kiss. Speaking of recommendations, me. what have you got?
1: Okay, well, do you know what? I'm gonna mention one. Seeing as you mentioned HBO there, one mm-hmm. that comes to mind, and I've not watched it for a while, but it's a documentary and it's one I've seen, I could say nearly ten times. Ooh. And maybe you have films or you know, sometimes you do songs you like movies you like that you'll just want to put on again and again but Is it
2: a documentary feature now or a series?
1: It's a documentary feature Ooh. It's a one off pa- Now it is part of a series but each episode is, is different Ooh. It's a sporting series Ooh. and it's on HBO seeing Ooh. as you mention them It's called Legendary Nights and they've covered a number of uh, great and famous sporting events not too dissimilar Why to the I ESPN 30 for 30 uh, Probably because we don't have HBO on the TV per se and, ah, okay. and and a lot of these sports documentaries, they're old. They were made ten, is it fifteen similar years to the ago.
2: S E S P N thirty for thirty. It is, yeah, okay, in, right. in,
1: in in a vein. So the particular one that, that I love and adore and I've watched many, many times, and you know I like boxing, it's one of the greatest trilogies of all time of, of the modern era of boxing. That is a story that is too good to be true in a sense. If you saw it in a movie, you'd be going, oh, that's who wrote this? This is this is pure Hollywood, and it's the story of Irish Mickey Ward. And Arturo Gassi. Now, Irish Mickey wow. Ward will be familiar to you because he was played in a movie. Because his life, not just in this trilogy of fights, his entire life was quite uh, incredible, and he had a tale worth telling as this kind of journeyman boxer who got a shot at the big time. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a, a rocky story, and then he had a very interesting and colorful family uh, to go along with it. So they made a movie with Mark Wahlberg um, about his career leading up to this trilogy of fights. Now, the what fight was the movie called it's called The Fighter.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's Mickey Ward. Mickey
1: Ward and his brother uh, Dickie, who's played by the brilliant Christian Bale. I think he might have won an Oscar for it. That's where it, right. His brother's yeah, a, a, a drug yeah, addict. Yeah. And, and so Christian Bale yeah. did what Christian Bale does. And he like, so this dropped 50 or 60 pounds. It's more about him and this series of fights. With this, with this guy, Arturo Gatti, who I was... have him either. Have you not? No. Uh, Arturo so he was, uh, was Canadian-Italian. Arturo
2: Gatti. There's the Italian accent again. Thank the the mar- Is it getting week?
1: better? Is no, it getting better? Went to the hospital, though. Arturo, Gassi Arturo Gatti was a legend. And in fighting Mickey Ward, Mickey Ward became a legend because what they had in common was they were just two absolute blood and guts warriors. They weren't the best boxers in the world. Scrappers. But what they lacked in certain talent that, you know, the likes of fighters who came along, like Floyd Mayweather and that would have had, was just pure heart. And, balls. and fans love that. And fans love it. It's so when when two fighters meet, what they saw and what they met was the guy in the mirror. And come here, they fought a couple of times. So they fought over a trilogy, and at the end of it, and again, I, I'm I'm uh, wary of the red flags coming out from yeah. you or the red cards. Their story goes on beyond the trilogy into a relationship Ooh. that you would just never expect when you watch two guys take each other to the point of almost death over 36 rounds oh, of boxing
2: okay I'm loving it Where, can you get that online somewhere you'll it... find it on YouTube what's it called
1: HBO Legendary Nights Ward oh, Gassie and I guarantee it knowing mm. nothing about these guys not even yeah, liking boxing yeah. you will be enthralled by this and you will be in tears watching this I it, have, I have and mentioned... when you see this you go okay I know why they haven't made the movie because they can't beat it the movie can't top uh, okay. this
2: I have made a mental note of that I'm mentally writing it down on my notebook as we speak yeah. I'm on that like a car Do you know I actually haven't watched it For a few months I might watch it over the weekend oh, It's love, so good Great shout So good Love it That's definitely on the To watch this then And you're going to watch it again Are you? De-
1: yeah Like I said I've seen it 10 times And I'm going well, to watch it in 11
2: Well compare notes um, Shall we bring on our special guests? Our first Our first ever Yes and the music So I'm delighted to say that we're joined by somebody who has become a, a constant, uh, a constant figure on the TV and film landscape. A man who's been consistently working. That that the hardest thing to do in this business is to work consistently, and this fellow's been doing it for years. Uh, the brilliant Emmett Chase Gannon. Emmett, how are you doing, pal?
0: Oh, Thanks for inviting me on to this, Simon. The only reason why I said yes, by the way, is because I knew it wasn't about football.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how long it takes before we get on to that. Well, what are your colours, Emmett, so we can establish?
2: Emmett's on our bus, aren't you, Emmett? I am.
1: I'm a red devil from my sins. Well, I think we can all agree we are not going to talk about Manchester
2: United in the next few minutes. No, let's not go there. How are you doing? Are you busy at the minute? Are you filming at the minute, Emmett? Because you always are, aren't you? Uh,
0: Yeah, well, at the moment, I... (sighs) what's happened? At the moment, uh I am. I'm doing I'm gonna well I'm gonna be going in, back to Dublin. I live in Chester at the moment in England, so I'm gonna go back to Dublin on the first of June and for the next five, six months I'll be shooting Kin season two. And uh on top of that there's another show that I'm shooting that I can't really talk about yet in Manchester. Oh, I
2: love it. I love one of those that you can't can, talk about. Can
1: we try and guess what it is? Because we, we looked at your IMDB and there was a couple of things listed Ooh. that you're either currently filming or that are in post-production? Okay, go for it. Okay. Is it A, Call My Agent, the UK version?
0: (laughs) Uh, Now call 10%, and that comes out uh, next month on Amazon.
2: By the way, Emma, that is one of my favourite TV shows of the last couple of years. Call My Agent? I had a bad bad injury Christmas before last, and I was laid up for about four weeks, and I found this on Netflix, Call My Agent, French uh, drama comedy. It's a fantastic show, and I I only realized when I saw the article about you being in it that they've made an English-speaking version of it. Happy, yeah, days. yeah.
0: Well, it's inspired. It's inspired by the French show, and yeah. it's an, uh, an astonishing cast, astonishing scripts, and stuff like that. But it's it came it came quite. I don't know whether I say fortuitously, but I was because I was doing Kin, Kin is produced by um, among other uh, players, Bronze Studios. Yeah. And while I was shooting season one, they were casting for... At that time, it was called Call My Agents. Yeah. And uh, I'd wrapped on Kin and I came home and et cetera, et cetera. And they asked me if I'd like to come on board and do uh, Call My Call My Agents like a couple of months later, which I was very flattered. And I mean, I, I say this uh, over and over again, guys, that the the only the only thing better than working with somebody you admire is being invited back to work with them again and I admire Braun. <laughs> I admire everything that they do and uh, the producers there, David DeBoli, and and to be invited back to do something like that is very, very and flattering.
2: And come here, give us an idea because for anyone who doesn't know the show, the French version is called Call Me Agent and it centres around a French talent agency in Paris and each episode uh, each week it's a different episode features a different actor so there's a calamity or a crisis with one of their actors but most yeah. of these actors you'd know a lot of them they're very big French names but they play themselves so are you playing yourself are you playing Emmett Scanlon in the in the episode fuck off
1: I'm not that good. <laughs> 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 I'm oh dear sure, sure. okay <laughs> is that I guess is that the ultimate sign that you've arrived when you're not actually playing a character you're, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're playing yourself you're playing <laughs> yourself all right I think, I
0: think that would be cool. Just, we want you to come in to play yourself. It would
2: yeah. be like, fantastic. Love it. Yeah, but we got to the audition to play you. <laughs> <even. laughs>
0: yeah, you're not good enough. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, okay, it. so now something else I read you're going to be in, Emmett. It's just back on our screens. The, the buzz and the excitement continues. Uh, we saw a huge cameo the other week from Liam Neeson. And yep. you were going to be in an episode of Dairy Girls, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson didn't play himself, though, did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, does he ever play anyone else but himself? <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was amazing. That was, um, again, and I'll be honest with you lads, that's kind of like, last year was really, really cool. It was like, I have a, I have a book a list of shows that I, that I love to do, and Peaky Blinders was on that, and Dairy Girls was on that, and I got the two got to do both of them back to back and both incredibly different characters with dairy girls i'd probably get the best character name of my career thus far and I, and the reason uh, we shot that in november actually the reason why i haven't worked on uh, on since november is because i ripped the acl off my
2: kneecap everybody
0: oh. know knows uh, what the, what that kind of injury yeah. entails but it's kind of attributed to athletes and uh, ufc fighters and footballers and et cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. i did mine messing on set of Dairy Girls. Ah, brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) And straight away, I did something where my leg jerked and I thought, well, that doesn't feel right at all. And I sorry to digress for a little bit, but we can always cut it out. Uh, And I was like, that doesn't feel right at all. Because I didn't know it was an ACL injury, I continued on doing what I was doing. And then a couple of weeks later, came back home and after three, the the thing about ACL injuries is for all intents and purposes, you can have a great and productive life without the use of it. You just can't turn left or right very quickly or jump off a high, I don't know, ledge or whatever. Uh, I don't recommend to do that anyway.
2: But you're you're, you're very much aware of your body in terms of you, you look after yourself, you work out, you eat the right things. I mean, you take, you take that very seriously, don't you?
0: Yeah, constantly, constantly. And i will be doing that and and I felt like I was in good nick and that the pain had gone. And then, like I'm not joking, three weeks later I went to go into the garden to feed the birds. And uh, the thing with our garden is it locks from the other side, so I scaled this seven-foot fence, and I um, jumped down to the other side onto the moist grass, and my oh, leg good, snapped man. into I could, and my like my knee went to the other side. It was just like was just lying on the ground in agony
2: Lovely. for
0: about ten minutes. And then I eventually got up, continued feeding the birds. And then I uh, hopped in the car and went to A&E. And that was, that was my very best day. So I've been I've been kind of sidelined, and I only had surgery about five or six weeks ago. Kind of sidelined from doing any work, and just and basically just
2: doing voiceover. Work. But you're back on your feet now, and you're coming back home to. spend four I'm or five started. months doing kin.
1: Okay, well yeah. let's let's talk about your, your body of work. I guess you mentioned kin. You've also mentioned Peaky Blinders. I really want to get into oh, that in a moment. But um, kin kin was a great success, not just in Ireland, but I guess as important, if not more importantly, internationally as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing, and uh, it's been amazing uh, again. It, we're, the Irish people took it into their hearts uh, very well Um, obviously there was a couple of keyboard warriors if you go on Twitter that echoes. there always
2: is my friend there always is
0: but you know the loudest noises are the ones that vote at the end of the day and the iftas we kind of cleaned up on that and that was that was really really it was just really nice to be part of something that was so and the the opportunity of that guys came around um, was right in the heart of lockdown in 2020 yeah the script and I just fell in love with it I think Peter McKenna is absolutely brilliant uh, and to get to go home as well during that time, and to get to see my daughter and my parents when in normal circumstances, I would never have got to hang out with them during that time. it was yeah. just it was amazing and so but like you said, back to your question in in America on AMC, it was like across the board, man, it was just really, really, really positive reviews. everybody loved the how it was shot um uh, and maybe, let's be
2: honest i mean if it, if it hadn't done well you wouldn't be coming back to do a season two exactly exactly <clears throat> i mean that's that's all the proof you need um when when can i ask you a question from in terms of being an actor uh, you yeah. know because i've i've known you since we did the fall together back in the late 60s up in belfast whenever the Still hell my was. favorite scene which, which <laughs> scene was it well I can't remember. It was a,
0: it was a scene when you we were all having a, a massive conversation and Jane Anderson was like ruling the roost. And
2: Yeah, I remember now. My,
0: you know, my, um, my mobile phone went off in the club by 50 cents.
2: <laughs> That's right. And we're in the middle of the police station and she's giving all the detectives a lecture and his phone, and his phone goes off. Brilliant. And the luck you gave me, my God. We'd have been a bit of crack doing that, all right. Um, but I, I, like, I've known you since then and... Like, I know that you take you take your work very, very seriously in terms of jumping into a character. I mean, you don't just turn up and do it. I mean, you talked to us about the process, Emma. So when you, from the audition, you know, how much work do you put into doing a taping? And, you know, how far down the road do you go? Because a lot of people will be listening to this, a lot of actors will be listening going, that still don't believe in the whole world of taping. Like, what's your attitude to it? Has it changed? Towards taping or just getting taping, into the yeah, character? towards taping, Yeah towards actually doing the auditions towards taping you know
0: uh, to, uh, i mean t- taping uh, i mean I, i've had a kind of a love-hate relationship with taping i find it if I, I found i found getting in the room actually very difficult and if i was ever the odds were that if i was ever in the room with just the casting director alone because there's so many people coming in and out you only really have one shot at it and um, i found that like i would never really get a call back. but if i got if I put myself on tape and sent it to them, I'd get a, I'd get into the room with the director, and then you know, eight nine times out of ten, I'd actually book the job. And I think, I think because of that, uh, and I think the reason for that is because uh, I got to play and I got to uh, I got to have more than maybe one take. That's not with all with all casting directors. There's some amazing ones out there, but just sometimes it's just so fast. Um, and getting to play in a room like that is great. You got to go into a room knowing that, like, they want you to be the next best thing, or they want you to be the part for no other reason than they get to stop looking. And you get, you got to go in there uh, also with that kind of, uh, with a confidence, not an arrogance. You got to go in there with, uh, uh, with not wanting it, not needing it, and uh, wh- whether you, th- and that's really hard to. To implement, really easy to say, and whether you th- whether you think you don't, or you, I mean, th- there's a smell of neediness and stuff like that, and that will not you will not get the part that way. And yeah. then, so, if you don't go in going for the part, and you just go in having an opportunity to play and to act, then the chances of you booking that part uh, are high, uh, are much
2: greater. It's almost you know the advice I've been given and the advice, advice that I've given is almost throw it away without throwing it away, isn't it? yeah yeah which is really it's really very difficult, difficult. to do. <laughs> it's yeah intuitive, isn't it yeah yeah it's very strange because you want to give it everything, but you don't want to seem too desperate for the role,
0: yeah yeah, of course, of course, because then then you no. won't get it at all, no. and even yeah. when you get and the same that kind of bleeds into being on set, if I have to be honest with you, you know it's like I, I mean when I started off I did like I did a lot of shit and I was probably the shittest thing in it. And so uh, and the idea is just keep on doing, keep on going, keep on going. And the idea is to be less shit, which I hope that I'm getting
1: to that. You're step. definitely
2: less shit. Let's, Let's get that sort. Are of you able away.
1: to say to yourself at a point, okay, I'm not shit anymore. I'm 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 okay or actually you know maybe I'm good, good. And and if so, which obviously it happened at some point, when did it happen and what particular perhaps show or production were you in at the time?
0: Well I, I found watching myself didn't help me, and the fall of season two, I stopped watching myself, and I haven't seen any of my stuff since then. Really? I, it, 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 there's a, there's a, and there's a reason behind. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't very kind to myself. I watch movies and I watch TV for the same reason you guys do and everybody else does Mm. to escape. And when I see me, I'm taken out of that journey. Mm. And I also don't feel like I need to watch it because when I read the script, the the script I see in my head is what I sign up for in the first place. So I've already seen it. Every time I step on set and I have a scene with somebody, I've already seen it. So I don't necessarily need to do it. And it wasn't very cathartic for me or or anything. So that was one of the things that I did. And then another thing that I learned... more times I got on set, I learned, or or should I say, I'm still learning the art of letting go. You know, and if I'm be honest with you, I'm still a fucking novice at it, but the practice of it has helped me immeasurably. Mm -hmm. And and in any given moment, we have a a multitude of choices and I choose or endeavor to choose the path of least resistance. And that, that, that goes not only in my work, but in my life. And it doesn't always pan out that way. Sometimes my ego gets in the way and <laughs> and, and, and there ain't no fucking winners there. Yeah. Uh, trust but, but Sometimes I, I and, and again, when you say like you take your part seriously, and this can sound kind of, uh, will make people shudder and it maybe sounds wanky and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes I can get so taken by a scene. Because what you think about, you bring about. So you can't invest yourself in something that's really high-stakes seen without letting that manifest. That yeah. will have some uh, effect on the psychology you of your body. You have to be invested. The psychology of your body, even. Exactly.
2: Yeah. You have to be invested. Just, Listen, exactly. you, you hit the nail on the head there in terms of why you watch movies and TV. So so yeah. taking it down that line, Emmett, yeah, well. th- this show is all about you know, recommending TV and film and podcasts and gigs to, to people who are listening. What What's on your um, what's on your skybox at the minute? What are you watching?
0: I'll tell you the first movie that I saw. Can I talk about movies? It's everything. It's movies. Whatever no, you TV. like, brother. Yeah. It's not football. Uh, the first movie <laughs> I saw in the cinema since lockdown was Licorice Pizza.
2: Anyone see that? No. no. Tennis. Tennis. Sound, <laughs> sounds disgusting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's it's an absolute masterpiece. Please wow. find it on uh, online any way you can. Go to the cinema. I don't think it's in the cinema anymore, but it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson' little little slice of life. I don't want to talk so much in it, but there's like the actors in it. Are, like it's their first gig. Um, wow. the the lead guy, my my favorite actor of. Well, it can be argued that he's the be- one of the best actors of all time, if not the best. Was the late great uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman?
2: Oh yes. I
0: mean, there's nothing he hasn't done, and there's no genre that he couldn't smash. Yeah. His son plays the lead in this.
2: Wow. Okay.
0: And, if, and if he grows up to be half the man that that Philip is, we're in for some amazing movies in the future.
2: Absolutely. Philip Seymour Hoffman was—I would describe him um, as an actor's actor. Oh yeah, man. He was—he was, he was What a range of, of characters. Of just what what a body of work. Mm. Oh. And there's
0: another guy who like who it was. It's amazing you can you can recognize people when they have like egos, right? Yeah. He's one that leaves his ego. The idea of acting is like get out of your own fucking way. Yeah, just get out of your own way. Otherwise, people are going to. And the secret to great acting is don't get caught doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, imagine that this guy just leaves his ego in the trailer or whatever. Because when he comes on set, he's like pure vulnerable yeah. vulnerability, and you can just see it. And that—that's what's amazing about him, and and you can see it. You can see glimpses, sparks of him in his son. So I, I highly recommend uh, licorice pizza. And another one that I um that I watched, unfortunately, uh, I watched it, unfortunately, or unfortunately, whatever. But I watched it on the in my living room. Was June?
2: Oh right, I haven't seen that.
0: Oh my god. Oh, what a, what a feast, man. Really? I mean, cinematography-wise, yeah, sound, directing, wow. cast, story, everything. It was Wowzers. like a, a masterpiece. Yeah, well,
2: there you go, boys. There's, there's two of. recommendations from Mr. Emmett Cannon himself. Yeah. yeah, they're both on the list.
1: Thank you very much right. for those, Emmett. Now, when you mentioned earlier about um, when you inhabit a role and, and, yeah. you, and you play it, you can't watch it. I'm curious then, when you were cast in Peaky Blinders, you joined the show in season five for the for the final two seasons as such. Yeah. Um, were you watching the show up till that point, and did you have to stop watching it now that you were in it?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I was, and it, it it's the same goes with there. He goes, there's kind of this catch twenty two was I'd love to be in that, but Jesus Christ, what if I am in it? And and look, like, <laughs> okay, you know, it's like, and but, your wife's like, you can't be in it. We have watched, to stop watching. We watch that. That's yeah, our yeah. show.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: She's too busy watching Bridgerton. It doesn't really. fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit on Bill, um, but um, yeah, that's a it's a great question. And um, I mean, look when I when I leave it when I leave. All I can do is give everything that I have on set, and then when I walk off, that's kind of that material is out of my hands, or whatever. But I do see parts of it uh, near the end. Of you know, course, I can yeah. go ADR. So ADR for anybody who's they're listening is when, when we actors are brought back in to redo our lines because I don't know there was a car honk uh, over one of the lines where they couldn't hear it properly. Diction is one of the things I get, and um, so um, so I have seen snippets of it. But again, I still uh, uh, I still put that in the category of still part of my job before yeah. it goes out there.
2: And you um, and you literally in this last, well, during your run on Piggy Blinders, you left it all out there, didn't you? Now, can I just premise this first of all? Can I premise this first of all? We know where this I, is going. I am one of the biggest Piggy Blinders fans, but I haven't seen the latest series. I've been travelling for the last seven weeks and I've recorded the entire series. So whatever happens in this conversation, Emma, please don't give any spoilers away or I will haunt you. I will you <laughs> and I will kill you. So would you, apparently you get your nuts out in it. Now, I haven't seen it yet, but... If that's all you know, Simon, <laughs> you, like, you don't know. What's the story, oh, Scandans? I mean, Christ. could you, well, is, you know... Is, how, how did this get out? Well, listen, I'm just... How did your nuts get out? We have a brilliant producer who's who's informed me reliably that... You leave it all on the screen, am I right? I've, se- I've,
1: se- well, I've seen it. I've seen the scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah. I, have yeah. just got one question, Emma. I've never asked oh. another man this. I don't think. Uh, certainly not on the podcast. How are your balls? <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
0: Uh, let, let me have a little check down
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good. Listen. How all are right. you? Tell me. That's only. That's only TV. That's only make believe. My God, I was sc- um, <laughs> s- screaming and s- squeamish on my couch watching that. I oh, think every- don't say, Anthony. I, they- every- I think every man alive
2: was. Beep, beep. I don't want to hear anything. I want to watch that. I will it, text you when that scene comes up, though, Emma. Okay, is that all right?
0: It is a, it is a, pretty, it's a pretty hardcore. The scene before that it was pretty hardcore, hardcore well. as well. Yeah. Like, and for each of those, I won't give anything away. I won't spoil it. Good, Good man. Good man. Yeah, no, you're right.
2: It's very intense. Listen, what a show to be a part of. I can't wait to dive into season six and, and catch oh. up with it. Come here. You also had a little podcast recommend, recommendation that you might want to give a blast. What was that?
0: Guys, have you ever heard of Smartless?
1: I think I've tried to yeah. turn you onto that, Simon. Yeah, you. Know I stumbled upon that during lockdown, and I think—and I let you tell tell us about it. I think the lads who are on Smartless stumbled upon it during lockdown as well.
0: It's sensational. It's Will Arnett who is. Oh. Hang on. It's Will, Arnett. Will Arnett. How Arnett. How you doing GMC
1: Cars. Oh, good morning. We're on a podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now my throat's in bits. <laughs>
1: Tell us about Smartless,
0: Evan. Well, hang on. You only named one of the trio. Smartless is the three guys. you got Sean Hayes from Will & Grace, oh. Will Arnett, obviously, uh, from Arrested Development, and Jason Bateman. By the way, another great series to watch. Ozark. Ozark. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like, can't forget. I can't not say that. So Jason Bateman's in it. Uh, so it's these three, three best friends, and each um, each week one of them brings on a guest that the other two don't know. Oh, magic. And the guests are fantastic, but they're almost irrelevant because these guys slag each other so much that you will be in tears laughing. But also the conversations that they have are, are insane and they're, and they're totally engaging. and, And, and it's not just our industry. It's just people at the top of every industry I love it's, it I love it so you're giving it, us really you're the
2: giving us two movies you're after giving us a podcast recommendation and of course your TV recommendation at the moment has to be Peaky Blindness Emmett it's been wow. a joy spending some time in your company my friend you keep doing what you're doing keep flying the flag and we will catch up with you very soon brother
0: you're very kind I really appreciate it guys God bless
1: you
2: Emmett mentioned their
1: podcast he's listening to, Smartlist. Yes. I would highly recommend I'm that. dig into that yeah. too. One of the recent guests um, that was on it was the, the great and talented John Hamm.
2: Oh, I love John Hamm.
1: I love John Hamm too, and I really enjoyed that episode. And on the episode, he mentioned another podcast that he's in, which I would like to recommend. Oh. Now hang on, if we're recommending podcasts, is that not like getting your wife and bringing her down to a load of good-looking fellas and going, all,
2: these are also available? No, because there are other podcast recommendations in the world who hopefully will eventually recommend ours. <laughs> so, off you go, son. Hi, I'm there's John Ham.
1: You should listen to Simon the Lady yeah, at Aiden Power. There's other
2: podcast shows that recommend TV and
1: film. Crap. I'm going to stop because of that. Keep going, son. Good. Sir. So, John Ham has starred in um, a radio play. Oh, yeah. Of which, like, you don't get, I don't think you get too many of them these days. Certainly not ones that I'd be interested in. There's a lot of, there's a
2: lot of crime ones. Um, They're still doing them in RTE. Well, there's the drama.
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, the drama. drama, One one of the
2: first jobs ever did was radio drama. Well, that's
1: cool. I want to talk to you about that in a sec. So this one with John Hamm is it's based on a true story. It's called American Hostage, and John Hamm plays this uh, radio presenter, a bit like Joe Duffy, although he doesn't talk like Joe Duffy. But he's he's got a talk show and he's really popular on this uh, this local radio station. But one day, uh, this man takes his ex boss hostage. Now, very serious, he puts a gun to his head and he has the gun uh, attached. To a chair and to the man's head in such a way that if he moves, it'll blow his head off. Wowzers. And so then he contacts the radio station and demands to go on John Ham's radio show. I love it. I and can. talk it out. So all of a sudden, John Ham inadvertently becomes the negotiator wow. and the guy who's trying to talk him down. And you've got the, you know, it's a live hostage thing going on in the building. You have the SWAT teams outside and it all gets very tense and it's a dramatic thriller. Wowzers. It's just brilliantly made. I mean, when you read a book, you picture the stuff. And was right? it an hour long or something? It's, or? No, it's eight episodes. Episodes. Oh, I love it! Yeah, it up. each each of which is at least you know twenty something minutes. I'll so get it's, in there. it's it's meaty, you know. And and like when you read a book, you've got to conjure those pictures. You're listening to this, and you've got to, You've got to build those pictures yourself. But the but the soundscape of it, like the sound effects, the way it's done, you know, that you know he's in the radio station, then you hear the traffic outside and the caller oh, on the phone. Fantastic. It's just beautifully the, the layered. Build the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so what I love about it. It's called American Amer- American Hostage. And it is on it's an Amazon original and it is on Wondery, which I think you might have to pay for.
2: Right, but I, mean, well, I, think, we'll but but I
1: think sometimes with those things, there's like, you pay and you can cancel it after a week and you don't pay kind
2: of thing. Gotcha, not that we recommend doing that, but no, we just did. Um, just in case you could. Fantastic. A, a podcast and recommendation for you. Uh, someone who needs no introduction, but a lot of people might know that he has a new podcast series out. It's been out for uh, about six months now from the brilliant Alan Partridge from the Oast House, mm-hmm. have you have you listened? I
1: think during w- one of the lockdowns, I had oh, that in my, my earphones, God. and I was out the back garden painting or doing something for about a week because I'm slow, yeah. and I hoovered
2: it up. It is fantastically funny. So, from the Oast House, which is a type of building, ladies and gentlemen, uh, which Adam will explain. If, yeah, well, if you could describe it, just to give it, is it like a windmill? It's it's it's, it's more it's so an Oast House. It, so the the buildings back in medieval times they were like a barn. Yeah, they looked like a barn. Barn, but they were an oast house, so the the wheat and that was taken in. It was stored up the top level, and then it was pa- it was passed down to the bottom levels. It's f- it, so basically they were barns. Yeah, he's living in one now. It converted oast house, and he does a podcast from it. Even lads, just for the team tune, the team tune to the podcast is genius, and the theme tune consists of him saying "Alan Partridge from the Oast House." That's the entire song with just those words. It is genius. <clears throat> it sounds like it was recorded the theme tune on a Casio. remember the things that Ralph Harris used to yeah. play. What they call little xylophones, xylophone. Stuff. Yeah, it's so good, so funny. If you're a fan of Coogan, if you're a fan of Alan Partridge, they're still knocking it out of the park with this stuff. And he's got guests in it. He's basically recording his life, <laughs> where he goes for nature walks, and it's just stunningly funny. Yeah, Get there's some
1: it. good. Um Albeit peripheral support cast Including an animal as well yeah. what, what I... The
2: dog is unbelievable <laughs> in a... <laughs> I interviewed Coogan recently And I said to him The dog in the fucking podcast <laughs> That he feeds 18 eggs to Not 12, not 16 18 And he's making it and you can hear him making it He goes one Two Three And he goes right away to 18 <laughs> And you can hear it, in the background, it is <laughs> fucking genius. It is, and it's lengthy as well. Oh my gosh. So, one great thing
1: about Steve Coogan, he's generous in the material he gives you. And you know, when
2: I asked about and the, the podcast, right, he actually records that from home, he just records. He said, I, I will go out for a walk or a drive, but I'll do it So as it happened. is real.
1: It's not all oh, faked up in a studio. With some of effect. it is. There's production yeah.
2: added in. Yeah. But you'll hear him leaving the house, walking down the driveway, into the car. Off he goes. He'll drive some real chat about Norwich traffic on the way. And he'll get to a woodland and he'll go walking. And he said, I just put a mic on me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just do it. Like a lot of it's written, obviously, the Gibbons brothers who are behind his live show and and, uh, the guys who actually wrote The Witchfinder, which is on BBC, which stars sidekick Simon from Alan Carter, which which is brilliant. Uh, But they write it. It is phenomenal. Get on it. You will laugh out loud. All right. Well, maybe another week we should talk about his new television show, which started.
1: Yeah, that looks the bizzal, doesn't it? Does indeed. Can't wait to see that. Right then. That's it for episode two of Go Loud Selects. This podcast is brought to you by Sky.
2: And don't forget, Aiden, Go Loud Selects is a Go Loud original. All right, Cyber Delaney. Now I can do an impression you of you when forget. you talk like
1: that. I did forget. I'm always going to forget. Hang on. Uh, the brand new drama series that's heading for Skymax and now, which is called The Rising. And it turns the traditional manhunt on its head because the person who's investigating the murder is... The murder-ee. Er. E.
2: E. Ah. Yeah. So that's on Skymax and now The Rising looks the business. Eight part murder a mystery. Girls. Everyone is raving about it. Good man. What did you learn this week? That um I don't have enough money for me parking unless I leave now. And I've learned you are Ireland's version. You are Ireland's answer to Mike Yarwood. <laughs> is he a good mimic? The man of a thousand voices. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh,